panic button for sure. What was it? We'll Something cut this out, the... guys. We'll cut hey. this. You can cut this out right now. Okay, I'm gonna hit the record. <laughs> <laughs> all right welcome back this is ray mcintyre joining me is austin byler and we are back with another episode of champion school what home of the we champions are. baby we have uh upgraded to this mic can you hear me <laughs> a new <laughs> mic we've got better quality here we've got a nice little backdrop if you're watching the video of a white screen it looks good so uh fired up to be back what do we got ray well, what's the good news First of all, before we get to that, can, can you in the comments put down what you want behind Austin Byler? We can't figure out what we need to put up there. I think he needs some kind of pictures, maybe a sign. Uh, we said action figures, maybe. I mean, what are you what are you going to go with? Tell the people what you're going to go with. An action figure would be sweet, but it might discredit my abilities. So <laughs> I'm not good. Uh, I might have to go. I do have a bat that I'd like to get framed and maybe put it right above my head, but I feel like the space is too small to do that. So uh, maybe like a motivational quote, that might be good. I don't know. We're, 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 we're open to ideas, entertaining ideas. If you have an idea, throw it in the comments. We need it. We're growing. We're, we're learning we're growing. And that's all we're asking is 1%. Why keep climbing uh, the hill, babe. <laughs> uh, good news good news for the week we'll bounce this around first of all we're going to need to hit that segment and uh we're in first of all casa grande royals robbie medell he was uh with us at the university of arizona uh pretty much the energy bringer for that team he is now a coach the casa grande royals are in san diego and ruben just uh, won the home run derby and my guy's a beast. So shout out to Ruben. First of all, number one on my good news of the week. What are you bringing to the table? Uh, one, that was a sweet swing. You just showed it to me about two seconds before this and it was incredible. So shout out Ruben. Congratulations. Awesome swings, dude. Hey, keep raking. Uh, my good news is we just added um, Dawson into our team, a, a good friend of ours and a friend of MLU now and he's gonna be working with us here so we've got a new intern on board fired up to have Doss on board um, something really cool about him is he took a bold leap in his faith here the last couple of weeks he said hey I don't really like who I'm hanging out around in, in high school right now and he just graduates going into college and he wanted a new new scenery change new scenery and uh, change some friends and so he joined a bible study he was very proactive about it he was bold and courageous with that and that is my good news of the week it was very inspiring to see an 18 year old kid go out and be aware enough that he needs to change his surroundings and get around better people. That was so awesome. So super fired up for you, Doss. Pumped to have you on the team. And uh, you guys will be introduced to him very soon. Let's go. Dawson, already a legend, jumping into it. And Jared Perkins has been killing it with mm. us as well. Uh, yes. Had his first article released. He'll have another one coming out this week. Uh, he's on top of it. A lot better writer than I am, but dude. man, huge addition, dude. I mean, both of you guys are incredible bloggers, but here's the thing, man. The, 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 let's get back to that uh, more good news, right? The article is about mental health and sports and mental health and baseball. And Perkins used to use some, some relevant players today that we all watch and a lot of us idolize as athletes, but we get to see the real struggles that they're going through, the things that they're dealing with on and off the field on a daily basis, and just the um, ability to to maintain your mental health. I mean, it's so powerful. I think Marcus Stroman tweeted something the other day, like prioritize your mental health. I saw it on the Olympics millions of times. It's really cool to see that and people being proactive about it. And uh, I think we need to have proactive solutions every single day. And um, it's something we don't always get taught in school, but it's something that we can develop on our own. So um, keep pushing forward. Check out the article, majorleagueuniversity.com slash blog. Amazing article, super, super intelligent, um, really well written. And we're pumped to have Jay Perk on the squad, baby. Yeah, he's on it, man. He's really good and going to be a great addition for us. And um, yeah, pump for the direction we're going. So uh, be ready because if you have a town that you need us in, you got to let us know because we're getting booked up quick, son. Book <laughs> it up, baby. Book it up, book it up, book it up. That's right. Um, other news. Uh, one more last piece of good news, I guess. Uh, the Olympics, right? They're going in, in full force. Team USA softball just finished up this morning. I actually was up at 4.30. They started at 4 a.m. I caught it in the third inning and, and rolled from there. Uh, they finished second place 
Uh, we know Deja Mouipola on that team. Uh, my wife played with her back in college. So uh, shout out to her silver medalist. It's pretty amazing. Uh, would love to have you on the podcast. So just putting it out there. The Olympics are sweet. Medals are tied too. <laughs> love getting a gold medal. Uh, and if you're watching the Olympics or you see this after the Olympics, because it's probably when it'll be released is it's pay attention to all the mental performance that they talked about, the consistency and routines, the breathing, uh, the visualization. It's been really cool to see that on display with the, the best athletes in the entire world. So um, shout out the Olympics been really good, really fun to watch. So last time we talked, uh, we were saying, Hey, we're going to be going out to Casper. Uh, we are here now we've come back from Casper. How was the trip there in Colorado? Shout out to Jonesy, fill the people in. Hey, amazing trip out there, Casper, Wyoming and uh, Denver, Colorado. We got to go around a few different places there. Um, beautiful areas of the country and just a great experience for us. It was our first time in Wyoming. We went out to the Expedition League All-Star Game, which was an incredible experience. It was so much fun. Um, thank you, Chuck and Myra, for allowing us to come out there and present to all the All-Stars uh, at that game, at that event, um, and the front office. It was incredible to meet a lot of really cool people and, and just see how baseball can bring people from so many different backgrounds together as one. So that was an exciting trip. We had a great session there with the team, and then we got to do a little youth camp, tag along with that event, and then went over and saw our good friends Todd and Valor Baseball over in Casper, Wyoming. They're doing great things. They don't charge the kids. It's all uh, fundraised through the community. It's incredible how how they do things there and how they operate beautiful indoor facility um, at this time they are playing in washington and their, their their national championship deal of the summer so that's pretty cool and uh great trip there and then colorado was awesome man one six performance shout out matt jones former teammate with the diamondbacks dude's a grinder killed it um, actually just returned from professional baseball and reopened his facility in denver um, unbelievable facility i think just walking in and seeing how knit and clean it was you get a good feel for what you're going to get when you walk in there the competitive atmosphere and uh, we had over 20 athletes there and we've never been to Denver so that was pretty cool <laughs> to, to have that man that was a great experience I hope they're not setting us up for failure um, but that was awesome and um, got to go see uh, coach Ray's aunt and uncle um, his uncle built a plane which was really cool just the experience man getting in nature and, and went to the Red Rock Amphitheater Ray uh, such a great trip man for that week and uh, we're super excited about where we're headed into this fall. For those of you guys keeping track, he did just slide in there that we went to Red Rock Amphitheater. Uh, <laughs> it was unreal, dude. We So for you guys, we were going down to Colorado early on uh, Wednesday morning, and we're supposed to get in there and basically jump right into uh, a speech, right? A talk, and, and we're going to do that for the day and then kind of hang out in the evening. Uh, coach got sick early in the morning. We were already headed to Colorado. So we looked, checked out the course field uh, schedule. We went right into a Rockies game, uh, then transitioned right into Toki Monster shouts out uh, <laughs> at Red Rocks, which was legit. And then uh, we were, we ended up heading home. So, wow. Awesome trip. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about it, but legit. Keep showing up, keep finding new ways to go impact. And uh, we're excited about a couple of new communities that we get to go impact every single year from now on. That's right. Uh, let's go. Uh, we're going to touch on one quick topic, usually every day. Um, we don't really have anyone, anything planned for right now. So uh, for this, we'll go segment. I think we got to go with what's relevant in, in the current events, and that's the Olympics. Um, seeing the Olympics and hitting back on the mental preparation. I mean, these athletes work for four years in a row without any true competition within those four years. They are grinding, put their heads down. They work on their craft. They try their hardest. They do every single thing they can to be successful without any guarantee of making it to the Olympics. These are just the athletes that were chosen. Imagine the thousands of athletes who were not chosen to go and play in the Olympics and compete this year. So it's watching that and just seeing some glimpses of it and, and all the different sports, there's one commonality, one similarity, and it's the mental preparation that each one of these athletes have. It's incredible to see them using visualization and the power of that, but it's not just the visualization. I think a lot of the times in the mental game, people think it's just visualizing success or it's just the breathing and the breathing is huge. Don't get me wrong. You see each athlete using it in their pregame performance that they're doing, but the self-talk that they use, uh, the ability to commit and can stay consistent, excuse me, with their routines, right? Nonstop. The routine doesn't change. It doesn't matter where you're at in the country. They do the same routine. Their preparation before game, 
one of our friends who was at the University of Nevada, <clears throat> excuse me, Krista Palmer, she competed in the, in the synchronized diving. And uh, she posted something on Instagram today, the day after her performance of her still working out again. I mean, this is right after your performance and she's right back in the gym with a hundred other Olympic athletes getting after it. So the relentless, the tenacious attitudes and mentalities of these Olympians is incredible to watch. The, the commitment to their performance, the commitment to the plan and the process is incredible. And that's why they're the best in the world. I guarantee you they're not all the most talented in their fields. Yes, some are incredibly talented, right? And when you're swimming, like you gotta be good, but they outwork the competition. They have better routines and preparation and they trust and believe in themselves more than anybody else out there, especially in the biggest moments. What do you got, Ray? Can we just touch on real quick the, the two sports that just blow my mind, the um, floor in gymnastics and uh, I like ice skating. So obviously ice skating is not in this Olympics, but you go down or you miss one of your, your tricks in the middle of your event. They literally pop back up, put a smile on and just, keep going which is insane to me i mean literally like you just said five years of your life this year right because they got the bonus year um dedicated to that one exercise or that one routine and like you go down and you still got to finish out right like with respect and dignity it's insane crazy to me um i pray my daughter doesn't get into gymnastics because of how tough and how much of a grueling grind it's gonna be but man those a lot for those ladies that can do that it's incredible the the strength that they have. I mean, the total body strength that you can have as a gymnast. Come on, you're flinging yourself all over the mat and in the air. And I'm watching these dudes, man. I don't know how tall or big they are, but this dude was jacked and he was dead sprinting. He just tore his ACL, I believe, like three months prior to this thing. The doctors were were like, dude, what are you doing in the training facility? And he lands a perfect score or whatever. Like they totally sticks this three flip trick that he did in gymnast thing. I'm like, man, you are incredible. But think about that attitude and that mentality. I mean, they're not taking no for an answer. They trust in themselves. They believe in themselves. They don't care what kind of pain they have to go through to get what they want. Uh, they're relentless. And, I, and I, I believe that no matter what we do in life, if we're a coach, an athlete, or a business person, or just in our family, if we're relentless in our pursuit of our dreams, we're going to achieve what we want to achieve. It's just a matter of time. So watching them and seeing their ability to overcome the failure and overcome adversity, especially when you've worked those five years as of this year uh, for that opportunity, it's incredible, man. Pop right back up, boom, get right to the next routine, next trick. Yeah, I, a lot of respect, man. And, and that goes for uh, one of our next guests that we're going to be having on the show, uh, Matt Burgandy, our guy. Uh, he's going to be our first guest on our Welcome Back podcast tour here. And uh, he actually has a new gig that he's going to get into. Uh, I don't even know if anybody's been told about this yet live, so we might be the first to know. Uh, we're like Joe Rogan in that sense, you know, uh, I, feel, just... I feel spacey in here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, going to be awesome uh, for that. Let's just go ahead and shoot it on over to the interview. All right. So our guest this week, uh, return guest, if you are a longtime listener, uh, I actually looked it up November 12th last year. So this is not too long since you've been on. Uh, last episode got over 100 views. We we're looking to eclipse Ooh. the 1,000 view mark with this one. Uh, this is Matt Bergandy, good friend of ours. Uh, he's really bounced around, been native of the Bay Area, right? Gone to SF State, Fresno Pacific, USD, most recently hired. And we might be breaking on this other than your Twitter account. Yeah, I think you guys are. Uh, <laughs> San Marcos, <laughs> fired up. So, Matt Bergani, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I mean, this is great. The first time I was on, I'm, I was really glad we broke 100 views. That was kind of my only goal and aspiration with this one. Hopefully, we'll get to 200, and we'll just keep pumping the subs in. I can only imagine it's going to just keep booming from here on out. We got video of that beautiful face, face of yours. Now we're good, man. Oh. I'm allowed to grow a beard now. Things are great. Don't have to do the eighth and inch. Oh, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I guess last time since we talked, uh, you were the volley at USD. You had just taken over for me. And uh, you guys went on a pretty good run. Break down the season for us. Well, it was, it was the most impressive year. I mean, that 
you, you'll all look back the rest of my career and think about a special team and it'll, it'll be that one. There, there was so many just, it just felt right. You know, the, the whole puzzle just was solved and, and everyone was on the same page and the accountability was awesome. There was days where I was telling coach Brock that both of us would just sit in the cage and we're like, we're not even coaching today. Like these guys are so on it with each other. They're, they're so locked and in tuned. And I mean, 33 and 12, that that's hard to do any year. Um, just everyone was on the same, just rhythm. I think I hate to say it, NCAA, we should have gave us a chance, man. They're getting second place in the WCC doesn't always come up too hot with those guys, but I mean, those guys deserved every second of it. And, and those were, those were the best games, man. Like any, any game we were behind, it was like, no, nah, we're going to, we're going to score four runs in the ninth watch. And we'd point at the scoreboard and we put up a five spot and walk them off. So, I mean, that entire season was great. Um, from the highs and lows and just that pit in our stomach that we'll never forget on selection days. Something that's going to motivate the guys at USD this year. And, and obviously me for the rest of my career, making sure that we do everything in our power to keep moving on. So phenomenal year. It was, it was the best. I was just going to ask a question off of something you said there, Brigandi, is you mentioned the accountability. And I know Ray and I spoke a lot this, this fall and spring, and we were watching you guys very closely and seeing the offense, the powerhouse of the offense that you guys had. And I'm just going out there and executing your plan. And every night seemed exciting, especially following the yeah. Twitter feed. Uh, by the way, shout out to the USD uh, video girl. She is incredible. Sam Frost. Oh, Sam, Sam Frost. Frost. She is unreal. Shout out. Plug it in. Go ahead and retweet. Subscribe. Free plug. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. But um, how, you talked about the accountability that the guys had where you almost were letting them coach themselves in a way. And how do you instill that accountability and that ownership amongst 18 to 23 year old athletes in college? I think the main part of it is you got to come up with something catchy that they like. I think if you're just like, hey, we're just going to do it for each other. They're going to be like, well, I've heard that a million times. Like what's so cool about that. And coach Ungerich and I were talking one day and it was as Ray can attest to with coach Ungerich, you just kind of lock the door and you just talk for hours and something comes up out of it and, and forgot which one of us said it. But we were just talking about passing the torch. And I kind of came up with this analogy that when you hand the torch off to someone else, it lights up the entire cave and tunnel. When, when you're walking through, there's people behind you. So it's not just for you to get into the tunnel so you can see everything. It's for everyone to see. And the biggest thing too, is we just talked about, Hey, like your at bat doesn't matter as much as the guy behind you. Mm. So let's do everything in our power to give the bat to the next guy. Cause I mean, how many, how many baseball games have you watched where it's a three, nothing game, all three runs were home runs and everyone else is struck out. And that is the most boring game ever. No one's in it. Kids don't care about their at-bats. They come up, they go for a bomb, and that's it. But with our team, we'd be on offense for like 23 minutes. And it'd be they show up, first guy gets walked, next guy executes a gray area, hits it in the hole or something like that. And then we're running, hit and run, steal. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, it's like, all right, two runs are in. We have 20 more minutes to do. Guy get hits by pitch, sack fly, read the, led the nation in sack fly. So, I mean, these guys were just so excited about getting the next guy up. But then the other huge contributing factor for that accountability is they all wanted to go to a pool party. And so our version of a pool party is when someone scored due to COVID, they jump up and down and <laughs> we created a little tunnel and they would scream and jump and they loved it. And it was fun. And, and, it, and it brought a new type of environment where it was like, Hey, this is fun. When we, when we support each other as a team and one of our brothers touches home plate, we get to have a party. And so, I mean, it's like a little kid's thing. Like if, you get all your box tops in third grade, you get a pizza party. Like it's the same thing here. Like if we're collecting our quality at bat stickers and guys are getting on moving over. Then they are doing everything in their power so we can win. That's the best pool parties are the best. Honestly. Pool parties are the best. There's that video <laughs> coach flow and he's like lifeguard flow coming in. Oh, and man. I was like jumping up and down and, that's that is one thing that San Diego, that entire place, the coaching staff and and the players there really instilled was just a, an environment where you could let loose and have fun and be yourself. Yeah. And uh, I think that really comes into play a lot when you go or you're going into a late season push like you guys made and uh, really put you guys selves in position. So uh, really, really cool to watch. One question for you. Um, you were the first base coach first time over there at first base. Yeah. What was, uh, we won't go in, maybe we'll go into that one story, but, uh, let's go into it. 
before that, <laughs> what, what was like key advice you're giving every dude as they get on base? For me, I was always like catching rhythm, kind of saying the same thing over and over again. What was some of the stuff you were talking to them? Were you keeping it loose or were you kind of trying to stay focused out there? I keep it loose. There's the certain things we always remind each other, like back on the line drive, diving here, saving bodies, look for, look to get to third, check the outfield, just the little things. But when I would catch myself in rhythm, and also it depends on who's on first. I could kind of gauge my communication. So if there's a certain guy up there and he's very locked in, it's just not a lot of talk. But if Thomas Lovano's on first base, there is more chit chat, side conversation, trying to have the first baseman crack up instead of the baseball stuff. There's there's certain guys you have to know your guys. Lovano, if if, if you were like, hey man, you need to do this, this, and that, it, he might just be like, all right, got it. But if, if you have a normal conversation, like, oh, Tom, by the way, like if, if you want to run to third, the right fielder has a 20 arm, like, go ahead. He's like, oh, God. And then he's at third. And then it's like, he looks over at me, thumbs up, and, and it's great. But most of it's just easy stuff. Um, every once in a while, um, as, as you learned working under Coach Hill, you just throw something in. And especially when the other team's catching your rhythm, you just, hey, 42 blue right here. You, you know we're in blue. And they're like, got it. And the first baseman would look at the coach and just do something. And then it was just stuff like that. I mean, that's the one thing that I learned with Coach Hill. You can always get in the other team's head when they're locked in. And I love coaching first. I, it's it's such a phenomenal experience over there. I'm going to miss it now being in the dugout, but I think I can wear a hoodie. So I don't have to wear a jersey this year. So we'll see how that turns out. You're going to be in the dugout? Yeah. No they, coaching we'll, first, huh? No, we'll have uh, our volunteer coach first. What position are you coaching? Uh, pitching coach, pitching recruiting coordinator type deal. Let's go, man. I'm working on, so this is my going to be my third year pitching, done two years of hitting, two years of catching, and one of outfield. So I'm really trying to mold myself. So take over a program in, in the far future. I'm, in all honesty, I've been telling people that there's too many college coaches that just want to bounce around and move up. And you know what? I am so happy where I'm going to. I want to help with that program and, create it into something else. You know, I want to turn that place around and win and be there. You know, I, I think that there's something to say about a coach that wants to actually be at a place for a long time. So that's my little two cents on that. Love that. Yeah. That's huge. Hold it yeah. down. Dude, absolutely. I got a couple questions for Gaby. Number one for both of you guys, right? I'm kind of throwing it back at the host. So sorry about it, but um, <laughs> is there a sense of pride coaching first base or third base, like getting to be a base coach, no matter what your Ooh. quote unquote title is. That's the first one I want to dive into. What's uh, I would tell, I would tell a guy on our team every single game. I was like, if there was a fight, I am beating the tar out of their first base coach. I am bigger. <laughs> I am stronger. I am smarter. So like, that's my mentality. Affirmation. Yeah. Ray can attest to this too. It's I didn't move my feet once this year. Kevin Sim hit a ball at 103 miles an hour and went right by my nose. And I just spit at the ground. And one of the pitchers from San Francisco State goes, man, that guy's crazy. And that's just <laughs> something like you just carry yourself. Like you're kind of like you're a, you're in charge over there. And I mean, that's just how I felt. I just felt like you're just that guy. Like guy gets on, they go to you right away. Um, I set a record, Ray. I hope maybe one day when you start coaching, you can beat it. I had five times this year where I had to run back to the dugout and take all the Evos off for the next guy. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) And when we did it against Pepperdine, oh, yeah, when I did it against Pepperdine, I was looking at their dugout the entire time, tossing it off. And I was like, bring it on, baby. Keep it going, (laughs) next guy hot. Let's do it. That that was my – I had the sense of pride over there because I was like, hey, my guys are in the box doing everything that we ask. I'm going to do everything in this box that they would ask of me. I'm going to help them with the outs, where the people are at, kind of the positioning if they forget our signs i'm there for that and then just being kind of a badass in the corner they're a badass on the field i mean two five coach ungrich is a badass in third base box too so that's that's kind of our mentality yeah mentality. i walk around like i was six foot tall man absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you know i had the helmet on know, thought i was man. a little bit bigger but I, I think the cool thing was like i as a player i was never like that i was just kind of like okay business only and then now as a coach, like I felt like I had to have my players back a little bit more, you know? So like I took a little bit more of like, if a guy's going to talk trash on some of our dudes, like I got a little chippy with it. But for the most part, you just kind of stay out and just stay to your guys and it's all good. Kind Same. Of, kind of I, I definitely world. had our guys back maybe a little too much in a couple of situations, but. Yes. Now, sorry. Great segue here. So oh, uh, Austin, have you ever been thrown out of a game, Austin? Uh. Yes, I have. 
<laughs> Dude, I had to get one of those. Wanna, we're going to come back to yours, but uh, Coach Burgandy, how, have you ever been thrown out of a game? Yes, I have. <laughs> Which is hilarious because, uh, by go ahead and let me screen share. This oh, will be yeah. A, yeah. a podcast oh, first. This is perfect. Here. Wow. We're a podcast screen share. Oh, dude. boy. This is epic. Hey, it's yes. open now, baby. The forums got, are open. I got to put the air conditioning in on my. Are you ready for this, man? buddy? I made this GIF. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, here we go. There we go. <laughs> here we go. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. And Hold on. There it is. Last play of the game. See. <laughs> oh my gosh. So oh. you got to explain the context here. There had to been some beef with this ump at first base for a little while, and it had been a heated game. Obviously, we lost. What uh, what was going through the mind there, Bernie? I'm going to pull that up. What were you thinking there? Well, let me uh, start off by saying um, to all the viewers, it doesn't make you tough <laughs> when you get ejected. It's not the cool thing to do, and it's not the right thing to do. But, um. That, that specific umpire um, gave our bullpen a total of six, I think, bullpen warnings over the weekend, over three games. Uh, all of them, except for one, was unwarranted. Little chippy with Coach Hill on the strike zone the first game and um, was very awkward with me during a game. Normally, the umpires, there's good chemistry, and you can know, like, you kind of know where your bounds are at. And, um, and honestly, I, I actually didn't cross any lines. Um, that's one thing that um, Coach Hill and I spoke about, and same with Coach Ungerich and Coach Floor. I, I, I didn't do anything to receive that punishment. Uh, there was a couple of plays before that. The first baseman's foot came off the bag by about three inches. He called him out, and I was just kind of like, hey. And then that was the last play of the game, and his foot was off the bag by a good foot. And I was just, I just yelled, hey. And I pointed down, and then your foot's off the colorful word bag. <laughs> And I didn't say anything at him. He just turned around, told me to go hit the showers real quick. And because it was after the game, that was a two-game ejection. So I watched two games at Gonzaga for my hotel room. And I learned my lesson. That was probably the hardest thing to do. Sit and watch a Zoom or a live stream game of my team play for two games straight. So that was tough. But Ooh. interesting situation of events. I remember I, I – I was heated. I, I'm all like ready to go. And I'm sitting in my office and coach Hill walks by and I can hear him down the hallway laughing. So I'm like, what? Like, I don't, I don't have time for laughing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he knocks on my door and he goes, I'm so proud of you. Oh. He's laughing, walks away. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, he's like, I got your back. That guy blew the call. We got on the video. He says, man, we know you got our guys back, but that was awesome. You'll never forget this. I remember my first, and, I didn't expect that. I thought I was going to get blown up because volunteer assistants never get ejected. Assistants True. never get ejected. It's on the head coach. So I felt miserable because I was like, okay, like I, I should have been better, but it was a heated series. Lost to Portland. You shouldn't have lost that game. So. I agree. Can we real That's quick? Awesome. Can we just yeah, peep, roll. peep this first baseman's swag flip? I don't know if you've ever oh, seen I know. that. Was epic. He was, was a epic. cool kid. He goes, Watch this. He was <laughs> He was a cool kid the entire week. He, he was fan. a really nice guy. I, I'm happy for that kid. He didn't start a lot of the year, and then he started playing later. And great kid. Phenomenal kid. Wears pants really high. It's like that new trend of, like, the Hunter Pence wears it on his shins. No, but, Ray, thanks. I, I, I haven't watched that video since that day, so I feel really good. Punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, speaking of Coach Hill, Coach Hill is now at Hawaii. Uh, the mainland. Yes, we've mentioned it and said it's probably the one school that he would jump at when it opened. 100%. What's your thought on him getting the job? How do you think he's going to do? Uh, new staff just got hired. Thoughts overall? I think it's going to be the perfect fit. I mean, the culture there, he brings such a strong culture. And, and honestly, he can get any team to do whatever he wants and in a positive way, not a negative condescending like a dictatorship. He is the most... And, and Ray can attest to this. He's one of the most fun guys to work under. He he understands the culture. He he hires coaches around him that he knows are smart, and he puts them in control. He gives them a lot of freedom. Like, hey, make our guys good. I'm going to do this. You can do that. And, I mean, I used to joke with him. The second it hit the, the market, I called him, and I was like, hey, it's, you're probably out there surfing already, so why don't you just stop by the athletic office? 
he's like, sorry, I can't hear you getting on a flight, like messing around, like he's going to take it already. But no, I think it's such an amazing fit. I mean, they're yet to announce one more guy. And, and when they announce that guy, it's going to be huge. And whoever he might be on the staff, but it's going to be an amazing opportunity for coach Hill. I mean, that's, that's his paradise over there. I mean, after a fall ball, the first thing Coach Hill will do is fall ends, couple meetings, and then bang, he's in Hawaii surfing to decompress. So now he can just finish fall ball, drive down the street, and he's there. <laughs> I mean, that is such a phenomenal setup. I mean, for me, every apartment I lived in, a driving range is in within one mile. And so that's, that's my kind of same thing. So my new place when I move up is driving range is half a mile away. So Beautiful. there's give and take everywhere and coach hills is the ocean so he he went from san diego with the really great ocean to his his dream in hawaii and and he's going to turn that program around and he's going to love it i'm i'm so happy for him yeah i don't think there's any better fit for him and then seeing the surf the surf squad like just seeing a yeah. head coach who's so into surfing it was epic but just having the awareness to be able to decompress like you said coach and um, kind of taking a step away and getting away and, and getting away from the game. I think COVID helped a lot of coaches understand there's more than baseball. I was talking to a coach oh, yeah. earlier today and he's a head coach of a smaller junior college. And he said, look, man, I was depressed. I was depressed for like a good eight months. And then I realized that I've found so much of my value in this game. Like I built this program. We did this. We're having an incredible year. We're first in North or in California. And then boom, season canceled, dream team's gone. Yeah. It was challenging. So just finding those ways to decompress a little bit is huge. But I wanted to kind of circle back to Maddie, and it kind of goes to Coach Hill because I feel like he has a good feel on his players. And then obviously Coach Brock and Flo and Ray and everybody that you guys have worked under have been really good with the players. I think it's been cool to watch. But how do you get to know your players? Because I think a lot of the times as, as athletes going into college, there's this like – uh, I guess viewpoint of man, they're the coach. I'm the player. Like I'm really nervous, maybe a little tension or anxiety to ask questions, step up and really just break down the walls outside of baseball. But how do you use your personality, the electric personality? Love it. Like Thank how do you, you use your personality to connect with the players, regardless of your, your quote unquote job title? I think the biggest thing for me is the first time. I mean, I, I, here's, here's a great example. Cal state San Marcos. I'm going to meet the team on zoom, blah, blah, blah. But the first time I meet with the pitchers, will not be on their campus and it won't be at a baseball field. It will probably be at a park or it will be at a Starbucks, but it will be something else. You got, you kind of got to, they're going to go in all a high anxiety, like, Oh, our new pitching coach. Like I want to look proper. I want to look, no, nah, man, just meet me somewhere else. We're going to, we're going to talk together. We're going to kind of get outside of that environment and slow it down a little bit. That's a big thing. There's a park near USD, Tecolote park. And Brock and I would call every player to do meetings there. And we'd show up and we would be on our phones before we'd have our Starbucks, we'd ever, and they would walk up and we talk, but it's like, it's a different environment. So the environment sets everything. I mean, I, I've been lucky enough and been blessed by God and raised by two amazing parents to give me this kind of persona and ability to reach people and just talk and communicate. But it's scary too. It's like meeting a first boss, like, you never know what you're going to get. And if you expect, and, and if I told this Cal state team, Hey, meet me at the field at eight o'clock PM. And I walk in in a suit, they're scared. But if I'm like, Hey man, meet me at Starbucks. And I'm in my Travis Matthew stuff. I'm hanging up a phone call and I'm sitting down like, dude, what's up? What do you want to drink? Like it, it changes a little bit. You get, it, it brings out the ability to play better in my mind. I think when you, when you're in front of a coach and there's a classic case of a kid that was actually on the team this year, he would take a swing and peak. And look, take a swing, peek, look for the head coach. And that kid, I, it wasn't there yet. And I'm hoping that this year, because he had the ability of getting close with Brock and I, that he won't do that. He'll just hit. He'll just crush the ball. Mm. Just hit line drives at 110 miles an hour over the fence. And he won't And he won't look. So, so that's something that I'll do is just you, you meet the player in a situation that's non – I, I want to use the word traumatic, right? Because mm. if you meet them on the field, they're going to have good and bad days. And if your first traumatic – interaction with them is on the field and I'm like I'm coach Burgandy and we're gonna run four miles the <laughs> first thought is like this guy's a dud this yeah. guy stinks but if I'm like <laughs> yeah if I'm like what's up dudes you guys let's go play frisbee who likes golf driving range thoughts let's go like and you change it up and, and you make them comfortable I mean and that's that's something that I've learned I mean I've played for coaches where it was all right everybody sit down and shut up team meeting time here's our rules and those are the worst teams. 
And then the coach walks in and goes, oh, my God, my back hurts. I just shot a 78 and I'm mad. And you're just like, what? And your whole mood changes because you're like, oh, he's a human. He's a person. He cares more. So it's just showing stuff like that. And, that, and that's the fun part. The best part of coaching is the relationships. I mean, that stuff will never go away. It's the, that, the relationships and the competitive edge. I know like my old dream used to be, I want to be a head coach in college if I didn't get to go play. And that was like yeah. the goal, the, the only goal, the only motive. And then I kind of lost the passion for it, saw the route, right? And it's, it's a lot, right? It takes a grind for you to even stick in the fight, but to be rewarded yeah. for what you're doing for so many years. But I think that the one thing that's been really eye-opening to me is for young coaches and new coaches who are just shifting from playing days to coaching days, sometimes struggle with that ability. And so to see you kind of embrace it and know, hey, I have the awareness to say, hey, I can't just bring the guys to the field or in this meeting room. We got to get out of our comfort zone, go somewhere different yeah. and just normalize it, right? Humanize it, like you said. Uh, I love that fact, Maddie, and it's just awesome to hear that. And then for me as a player, I'm going player standpoint, right? I put myself in player shoes. I want to play and compete for that guy. I'm going to go balls to the wall every day for that guy because I know he's got my back. So just showing that care, I love that. Um, Ray, you got anything? Yeah, I was going to ask, what are you shooting nowadays, dude? Ooh. How is your handicap coming? Well, since the pandemic, it got down to about a seven handicap. Good for you. That's that is under eighty people. But I haven't been playing Very as good. much recently. Just trying to figure out like new financials moving and yeah. camp and all that. Um, not not too well recently. I think the last round we played with uh, my twin brother and Willie Gaines, who's a legend. We we shot a scramble at a really hard course up here, and we finished I think one under par. Good for you guys. Um, but still, as you know, the, the driver is my bread and butter. I'm sitting around 315, 320 with the driver right now. Every yeah. every hole's driver wedge putter. But um, <laughs> we're loving it. I'm, I'm trying to get after it a little bit more. Um, yeah, actually, to be honest, I'm sharing on my clubs right now. Bad, <laughs> baby. One of my favorite videos I have on my phone is from three years ago. And me, Ray, and Willie would go up to weights at school at like five o'clock in the morning. And there's this this golf course, uh, probably the most beautiful course in the world. If you're from San Diego, it's called Tecalote. Um, it's kind of a it's on bar stool. Yeah, it's on basically a barstool course. And Ray took this video of us golfing, and there's Christmas music playing, and I'm wearing a hoodie and sweatpants, and I'm dancing, and we're golfing at like five fifty-two in the morning. And those are the memories you're gonna remember. Coach, golfing with the other coaches, making connections. I mean, it's the best networking advice it, to, I can give. Like, hey, go out learn how to golf because one day some coach is going to want to hang out, but he's got a tee time and just do it. So, yeah, we got to – when you guys come back down for a camp, bring your clubs because I'll pay. We're going. I'm in. We're all I'll in. pay for the mini golf and MLU can pay for the 18. So, we'll do that. There, that's <laughs> fine too. That's uh, fine. Good. The We're meeting, in. it's a write-off. We're good, baby. Yeah, that's great that's a, meeting. <laughs> yeah you just have to talk what is my brother knows all these rules you just talk about business for five minutes and it's right your brother's awesome how, how is his business going i you can go ahead and shout him out booming velocity real estate if you want to buy a house in any area joey brigandi he he's the top one percent in all real estate in san diego he's got all this merch i was i was able um to do something special for him i got a custom 44 glove with his logo on it and then our, our buddies at Victus helped me get a bat. It says Velocity Real Estate. So it's up in his office. Oof, that's awesome. It's tight. He's got his own office space now. I mean, he's crushing it. It's, it's honestly such a blessing to have such a great brother with the same kind of competitive edge and strive for greatness in a whole different field. Because there's, there's days where you're like, man, that was a tough day. And I'm on the phone with Joe. He's like, you know what, dude? I, I just saw 15 houses today and I sold three of them. You think your day sucks? I've been in the car since 730. I've driven 600 miles today. So, I mean, there, there's always such a balance. But yeah, Joey Bergani, everything. He's on Instagram. He's got his own gifts now because Instagram approved him. So he's he's killing it. That's amazing. That's dude. official. That's official. Yeah. Your own gift. That's when you know you've made it. That's that's one thing that I I can definitely say for for you. You always bring the good energy and the positive vibe, and um, really just somebody that you can talk to. You know that. Uh, has always had a shoulder to, to lean on. And, and I really re appreciate you and respect you for that. Um, Thank you, Ray. Bye. Uh, anything you want to ask him before we kind of start to wrap things up? 
Um, and then we'll leave Bergani with the final word as well, too. Um, I want to ask a couple of things. Number one, uh, how do we get into the Joey Bergani real estate biz out there in San Diego? I kind of want a beach house. It's one of my dreams. So if you got some room, uh, fill it in. Um, but the, yeah. the real thing that I wanted to, to, to mention here before we kind of wrap up was, uh, oh man, I'm drawing blank. Oh, the, uh, what was it? Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. Let me think on it. Uh, panic button for sure. What was it? We'll cut this out, guys. We'll cut this. You can cut this out right now. Okay, I'm gonna hit the record. (laughs) Um, what was it that I wanted to ask you? Oh, I got it. I got it. The last thing that I want to ask you is, I'm really going. And you mentioned about staying where you are as a coach, and and so many coaches are so eager to jump ship, and I've seen it a lot too from the outside looking in. And hey, I'm looking for this opportunity or this popped up, and it's really tough for coaches to stay present in the role that they're at, especially if it's an area that they don't necessarily love being in. And yeah. San Diego a little different, beautiful, but if you're in the middle of New Mexico or wherever it is that you might not enjoy being all the time, it could be challenging for you. So how do you stay and see Brian Kane or whoever else be where your feet are as a coach when there's other opportunities around and you know that your goal eventually is to take over a program as a head coach and run something? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, I think the biggest thing that I like to remember, it's the same thing I did when I, when I played is, is God gave me these abilities that are special, that there's only a few people in the world that are coaching college baseball. There's only a few people in the world that were able to play at the level I did and the level that you guys did. So we have a special talent. So with that special talent, why, why are you always trying to move? Why are you always trying to go? Like, why are you trying to always impress and get to the highest level? Like, what are you going to do when you get to the top? You're going to regret the moments that you just skipped out and you didn't care about it and, and you were too busy for it. So you're too busy chasing the next thing. So the whole be where your feet are is so important to me because it's like, look, and you have a plot of land and, and you could say, okay, well, what's the quickest way to build this house? Or how can I build memories that will make this house more lasting for me? Hmm. So it's the same thing. You walk into a place, you walk into a new school and, and what I see is I see opportunity. I don't see the opportunity for myself to prove a point to move on. I see an opportunity with that team. I see an opportunity with the recruits coming in. I see an opportunity with the facility upgrades because that's all I care about. Everything else will handle itself. I'm a religious man and and, and that's just how I see it. God's got a plan. And and as of right now, God has put this in front of me. So I'm going to do this every single day to the best of my abilities. Nothing's going to stop me. And I have a phenomenal staff that I get to work with every day. So that's all I care about. There's, there's, and Ray, Ray can attest to this. There's so many rumors. Oh, this coach going there, this coach coach, but that doesn't help. You're midway through a season. You need to care about your guys. You know, there's a time and a place for all that, but I was talking to a coach today and, and he's so eager just to jump, move around, move it. And I'm just like, okay, so let's, let's think about the rest of your life. Is your girlfriend slash your future wife going to love moving every year? Is it, when you have kids, do you want your kids to be in 17 different schools and, or let's think about his friend group and the dynamic. There's, there's more parts of it, you know? And, and what I know is when God's put me here, I've been in San Diego for a long time now. And I, I want to have an impact, you know, like I want to be like, dang, that Cougars program, that Cougars program was pretty sweet in 2017 when it became D2. And then coach Giuliano and coach Bergandy just took it off in 2021. And look at this five years from now, they're, they're in Omaha. They became a division one school. Their student numbers went up. Who would have thought the Cougars were doing that? And that, and that's what I love. Like the opportunity is ahead of me. I, mm. And that's all I care about the opportunity. And that's it. It's not what's past this opportunity. How can I breeze by this to get to the next stepping stone? It's like, no, like I got a concrete slab in front of me, gentlemen, this is what we're going to take care of right now. Oh, I love that. I love the pillar of faith too. I think that's so important when you're moving around and it can be hectic, right? For lack of better terms, it sucks. Sometimes you're, you're grinding, you're going from six to six, sometimes longer, you're away from family, you're on the road. Um, You've just been grinding for a while. And and for both of your guys' cases for a long time, not getting paid very much at all to do it, right? So you're doing out of love for the game and the passion for the guys and the pillar of faith and knowing where God has you for a reason, for a purpose to make an impact on those special athletes that are under your care at that time is an awesome thing man and um, I love that piece man I think you need it in in sports especially but in life just to be able to get through those ups and downs so uh, 
That was my last question, Ray. What do you got for him? Shoot it here. Yeah. One more thing. You've been so open and honest about like seeking help and, and talking to people and, and, and obviously with the situation we're in right now, Simone Biles and, and things like that. And uh, really just mindset is such a, a key proponent right now. Uh, what would you say to somebody that's maybe in that place that needs to talk to somebody and it just doesn't have the heart to do it yet? Do it, jump, How? send it. <laughs> I think there's too many people that, and, and you know what? I can attest to this. I, I mean, I'm talking, I'm very open. I've gone through really bad depression during my playing days. And, and the hardest thing for me was I could hear the voice yelling, but when I'd speak, there's nothing there. And, and you got to flip that. You, what I used to do is when I would feel myself struggling, I would verbalize it. I would talk aloud. And then as Byler was talking about the pillar of faith, I would turn into a prayer. So if you just feel like you're fighting it and, and you don't know what's going on and there's so much negativity, talk to someone. It's the most freeing thing is to sit down and be like, look, I am struggling. I look at my bat right now and it looks like a newspaper tied with duct tape. Like <laughs> I, I can't hit, I'm a, I'm a pitcher and it looks like I'm throwing a arrowhead bottle cap up there. Like I do not know. And you got to talk because if you're just sitting there, it's going to fester. And then your confidence level goes down. And then you're just like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. I hate it. At the end of the day, baseball's a game. So if we treat it like it's end all be all, if you don't win, it's ancient times and you get executed, you're not, you're not going to enjoy it. You got it. You got to be able to go out there every single day, have a clear mind and talk about it. There's, there's some stuff in the works over at USD. Um, that's pretty awesome. And there's this guy that was talking about how he's a Marine and, and if something went wrong during their expedition or their expedition, for lack of a better word, they'd all sit down and talk about it. And that's the biggest thing. You, you can't carry around that guilt with you everywhere. You have to get out and talk about it. And uh, I think this coming up generation is, is learning that it's okay to do that. I think kind of in our time, it was kind of frowned upon. Like if you're playing and you're not there, you're mentally tough, you're weak, we don't want you. Mm. To be honest, some of the best players these days have come out and they're like, no, nah, man, Yeah. <laughs> if I don't get a hit today, I just want to sit in the shower and cry for four hours. And that's yeah. okay. And that's okay. There's no need to put stress on it, dude. We're all human. There's something so powerful about that. I always try to, I think of things biblically, like we're in the boat with Jesus and he steps out and stands on the water. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, but he, he's asking for us. Come on, walk with me, walk on the water, get out here. And that's the same thing a coach should be doing. Like, hey, look at this. I, we're in the middle of the storm, but I'm standing on some water right now. Look, here is some compassion, some faith, some love and trust. And look, we can smooth this out together. We can handle this together. It's not just a you problem, buddy, because when I put you in the three hole and I know you're not doing well and you go over three, we're losing. So this is us. Mm -hmm. Look, we got to do this together. So that's, that's my kind of view on it. That's perfect and perfectly said. Um, is there any last words you'd like to say? I know San Marcos is going to be in pretty good hands, especially the pitching staff. So uh, anything so. last from oh you? They're going to be all right, my man. <laughs> oh, so much pressure. Just kidding. We love pressure. Um, I just want to say I, I look up to both of you guys. I mean, I'm so honored. And being on here twice, people don't get here once. And I'm here twice. That's it's right, good. baby. But I, I just love it, man. Everything you guys do is so all-encompassing, and it's so just pivotal and and it's awesome to know that you two guys, ball players, are talking about the mental health and coming together. I mean, it, it helps me out as a coach. I'm like, hey, guys, you're struggling mentally, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. But if another two dudes, absolute dudes, are like, hey, guess what? I've done that. I've done that. Oh, by the way, check our merch out. We're working on the website. Man, you can buy something soon. But it's awesome. So I, just, I thank both of you guys. I love you guys so much. And I just this is such an amazing platform and everything you guys have built. And I just I feel so lucky to be a part of it. Maddie, we love you, man, and we're proud of you for, for taking that leap of faith, man, continue to grow, and just the, the passion for the mental side of the game, for life, for mental health in general, and just being a leader, man, connecting with your players, doing it the right way, and empathizing is so powerful, and being courageous about it. I think so many people keep it in, and, and then it festers up, like you mentioned, and being bold, being courageous, getting it out of your mind and body so it's out in the air on someone else, so powerful. So thanks for what you're doing, inspiring them, and I know for those athletes that you have on campus this fall, it's going to be incredible for them. They, they don't even know what they're getting coming in, but it's going to be a ball of yeah, energy. Get ready, man. guys. Hey, get let's ready. go. <laughs> That's going to be going. We're yeah. sending it straight, straight to the crew That's right the now. Thumbnail right there. That's the thumbnail. Listen, baby. let's go. <laughs> That's We're amazing. We're only throwing driveline balls as straight, straight strikes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Plyos right out of the gate. 
Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much again, dude. We love you again, and and we can't thank you enough. So for taking your time, uh, we're gonna be watching. We'll we'll be down there, and we'll definitely let you know when we're down there. So hey, go Cougs, man. That's all I can Hi, say. Go I know Cougs. Coach Hill on his last interview, he was talking about we got four thousand people yelling, "Let's go, Bose!" No, we're gonna be screaming, "Let's go, Cougs!" We're gonna win this whole <laughs> thing, man. Love we're it. Turning around, I can't wait. Love okay. it, dude. Well, we'll be watching. Good luck again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Hit us up if you need anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably text you guys in the next 20 minutes. Let me do <laughs> You guys it. are oh, awesome. No. <laughs> All right, bro. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Man, we can't thank Matt Bergandy enough, man. He is a good friend of ours uh, and an incredible story. Uh, really just an inspirational dude. Um, you've known him for a couple of years now, just kind of in passing and, and just hanging out. Um, what do you think about that interview and, uh, what do you think the people could take from it? I just think the ability to, to stay in the fight, especially as a coach, you know, like that's so challenging as a coach to, um, be in a, a player development role, right. Or, um, director of ops or whatever that might be as a volunteer. And then you get an opportunity to go pursue your dream and, um, get a full-time gig. So congratulations to Matt. I think it's awesome what he's doing. He's got a great opportunity ahead of him, uh, but just the insights that he gave for the players and the parents out there and, um, the ability to overcome some of that adversity that he's faced and continue to stick in the fight, keep showing up and keep getting better. And I think it also goes to the Testament Ray of like, it's really about who, you know, in a way of, Hey, be a good person like treat people the right way. And if you're a good person, you treat people the right way, good things are going to happen for you sooner or later. So um, what do you got for that? Right? What, was your, what was your key takeaways? That was beautifully put um, for me. It's, it's really about just being honest, right? Being honest with yourself, uh, understanding the situation and then going for it. You know, he's always been a guy that's gone for it. And uh, I really respect him for that and, and can't wait to see what he does over there uh, at his new gig. So uh, shouts out to Burgandy uh, and for the people. Do you have any last words you want to wrap? Uh, this is going to be episode two. We'll be back with episode three next week. Keep pushing forward, baby. Keep working hard. Uh, we're excited to see you back. We love this podcast. Spread the good word. You can find us at majorleagueuniversity.com. Uh, you can check out the podcast on our website at mou.com slash podcast or on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and just about anywhere, including YouTube at Major League University. Um, stay connected with us. Let us know who you'd like to see on the show. If there's anybody in particular that you would like to recommend or that you think would be a good fit, send them our way. Um, guy, girl, it doesn't matter what sport, it doesn't matter what type of profession. We want to interview the best in the world. And if you've got some options and people that you really respect and look up to, send them our way. We're all in for a good interview and uh, anything that can help provide massive value and good content for the viewers that we have. So thank you for being our audience and, and keep pushing forward. Yeah, if you have a sick tagline that you think that we should use uh, moving forward, you know, champion school, blah, 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 something sick. Let us know because uh, we are searching for that. We are putting the pieces together right now as we speak. I like the boo boo boo. And I think I just kicked my foot somewhere. <laughs> okay. Trying to get used to this microphone. Hey, it's new, guys. Sorry. New studio, new studio. It's all good. So uh, for us, for me, uh, for Austin here at Austin Byler 14, at Ray Mac MLU, we are out here and we will see you next week. Have a great week. Peace.